As you know, if you've been with us for the last uh, for the last few weeks, um, we've been doing um, we've been doing a series on the the fruit of the spirit, and um, we did uh, we did love, we did joy, and this morning we're going to we're going to be talking about peace. And I want to read to you from the fifth chapter of Galatians. Um, that's Galatians chapter five. And I'm reading verse 16 to the end of the chapter. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to the end of the chapter. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Now we believe that the word of God is inspired. And I believe that this particular passage of scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that love is preeminent. And then we talked about joy and uh, the result as the result of love. And then today we talk about peace. Now, the Greek word for peace in the New Testament is arene. And I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not, per I'm not sure, but it's spelt E-I-R-E-N-E. -E. And it's, the, it's a direct translation of the Hebrew word for peace, which, of course, you've probably heard many times, which is shalom. And that's the central meaning of serenity and harmony. We find that peace, the word peace, appears 88 times in the New Testament. And it is included in all of the 27 books of the New Testament. Peace is the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the nine fruit of the Spirit. And it's something that 
cannot be manufactured. In fact, peace is a consequence of God's presence in our lives. So that would, that would mean that the, the closer that we get to the Lord, then the more peace we have. In Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7, we read these words. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, we find here that this peace that we're talking about transcends understanding. It's beyond human understanding. And real peace comes from the Holy Spirit. And it is the consciousness that we are in a right relationship with God. Now, to get into a right relationship with God, the only way is to know Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour. The Bible makes it clear that unless we repent of our sin, and unless we receive Christ as our own personal saviour, then we are at enmity with God. But when we submit and when we recognise our need of Jesus, that he's the only saviour, he's the only one who can deal with my sin, he's the only one who can give me the assurance of salvation and also a life, an eternal life in heaven. So that a right relationship with God is first and foremost. And then secondly, to know the peace of God, we need to have assurance of salvation. Now that's important to have assurance of salvation. We believe that, uh, that when, we, when we commit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and that we have been born into his family, that our sins have been dealt with. They were dealt with at Calvary when Jesus died on the cross and when we have repented of our sins and we've received his forgiveness and we've received the cleansing of his precious blood, then we have that assurance of salvation. And it's not, it's not something that, oh, well, you know, I don't know whether I'm saved. And then, you know, you come to church on a Sunday thing. Well, of course I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And then Monday morning comes and you, and you start to doubt, well, am I really saved? Am I really a Christian? But when you have this assurance of salvation, then you have the peace of God in your life. And then second, and, and then thirdly, to know this peace, then it's, it's also a case of trusting in the Lord to supply all our need. 
And in that same chapter, in that fourth chapter of Philippians, in verse 19, we have this promise, and it says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we have that assurance. We have, we're in a right relationship with God. We have the assurance of salvation and we're trusting the Lord to supply all our needs. Now that doesn't mean to say that, he, that he's going to give us everything we want. Now, if I were to pass a list around and, and ask you to, to write down all the things that you want, the chances are that it would be quite a long list. But then if I said, well, on, on another piece of paper, I want you to list down all those things that you need. You see, God hasn't promised to supply our wants, but he has, he has promised to supply our needs. And there is... A big difference. Now in John's Gospel chapter 14 and verse 27, and that's the verse that was that was on the screen that, uh, that Easton read, read out for us. Uh, John 14 and verse 27, and it's the words of Jesus, and he said, Peace. He spoke these words to his disciples just before he ascended back to heaven, before his, before his crucifixion and his resurrection. If it is that you're a little bit too hot, by the way, if there's a heat, if there's a heat, heat, a heater near to you, <laughs> then just turn the thermostat down because for some reason it does get a little bit hot. The, the heaters are on the thermostat, but for some reason the uh, you know the regulation of the heaters isn't that brilliant. So um, yeah, there is a switch, a couple of switches on the side, Eastern. If you just turn them down. Sorry for the interruption, but it is, uh, you know, you know, I want people to be comfortable. Once again, the words of Jesus before he went to the cross. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We'll come back to that verse in a, a little while, but uh, remember the incident on the Sea of Galilee when a storm blew up and the and the uh, Jesus was in a, a boat with his disciples. He was in a boat with his disciples, and uh, and uh, and they were afraid. And it says that they uh, uh, that th th they started to uh, they, they started to panic. Uh, because they felt that uh, this storm would uh, would completely engulf their boat and that and, and they would lose their lives, and, uh, and 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 the scripture says that Jesus was was asleep at the back of the boat, you know he you know he, he was completely undisturbed by the uh, you know by the by the waves and the storm and everything that was going on, and of course they uh, and and the disciples they woke him up and they says master. Uh, do you uh, aren't you bothered that we're about to perish and you know you're and you're just sleeping and of course we know that Jesus spoke to the he spoke to the storm and he just said peace be still and there was a, a calm a complete calm and you know Jesus is still in the business of speaking peace into people's lives people who are worried 
people who are troubled, people who are depressed. Jesus is still able to bring peace. And so the question is, is it possible to have this sense of inner peace in a modern society? Despite the negatives that shout at us from all directions. And the answer is a resounding yes. But it's only in Jesus. Because what did he say in that verse, John 14, 27? He said, my peace I give to you. And he was saying that it's a different kind of peace. It's not the kind of peace that the world gives. Because we live in a world that is ravaged by sin. Selfishness, greed, war. And the world cannot offer this kind of peace. But Jesus can. And that is the... The good news that we have, not just to proclaim here this morning in Quinton Evangelical Church, but it's a message that we proclaim to the world outside, to people who don't know the Lord, that you can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the birth of Christ heralded salvation. It heralded a salvation that brings us peace with God. Remember the angels, they announced that there would be peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now that doesn't mean to say that there would be complete peace over, over all the earth and no, and no one would be at war with anybody else. But what it meant was that we can have peace with God through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Charles Wesley put it like this um, when he wrote that, uh, uh, that well-known carol, Art the Herald Angels Sing. And one of the lines is, God and sinners reconciled. Peace between God and sinners. Peace between us. Peace within us. And every dimension of this glorious saving peace came to us as a gift of God's grace with the arrival of his beloved son when he came to earth. And that's the words of the Apostle Paul. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, you cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And that is where it starts. Peace with God. And we only have peace with God when we kneel at the cross and when we recognize that we are sinful in the eyes of a holy God to receive his gift of salvation, to receive his forgiveness for all the sins that we've ever committed and to know that he has washed us in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed on Calvary's cross. You see, everyone longs for peace. Jerusalem, at the time of our Lord, they wanted peace. But we find also that it is settled for an uneasy alliance with the pagan Romans. And a number of Jews believed that they could, uh, they could make peace by armed revolt. And some of them tried. While others retreated to the desert to form monastic communities. 
And in 2023, many people flout God's laws. They completely disregard the Ten Commandments. And then they're surprised that society is so dysfunctional. They want peace, but they want peace on their own terms. They want peace, but not the Prince of Peace. And peace, like joy, is independent of circumstances. It doesn't change. Just because circumstances change, the peace that God gives is a peace that continues. It's not a peace that is here today and gone tomorrow, but it's a peace that is constant. It is a peace that is with us every moment of every day. And even as the cross of Calvary looms large before our Lord, his peace is undisturbed. Why? Because his life is pure and is in harmony with the Father. There's a verse in, uh, in the book of Colossians, Colossians uh, chapter 1 and, uh, and verse 20. And this is what it says. It says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. And so the peace that you and I can obtain, the peace that is available to us, it cost the Lord Jesus Christ his life. Peace for you and me, had a, had a, there was a price to pay. So the continuance of peace is only guaranteed as we fulfill certain conditions. We're told what we must do if we want that peace. And there's a verse in Isaiah 26 and verse 3 that says this. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And you know, things fall apart when the center does not hold. Is Jesus the center of your life? Some of you may have heard of uh, Canon J. John. He's an Anglican minister and, uh, he, you know, I quite like his, his ministry. He talks a lot of sense, very evangelical in his, uh, in his outlook. And uh, he uses some good illustrations as well. And, uh, and he said this. He said, to some people, Jesus is nothing. To others, he is something. And to some, Jesus is everything. And so that's a challenging question for each one of us this morning. Who is Jesus to you? Is he nothing at all? Is he something? Or is he everything? <clears throat> you see, it says you will keep him in Perfect peace. 
And that's a different kind of peace. That's the peace that Jesus gives. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Because he trusts. And that's where trust is important. The hymn writer put it like this, but we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favour he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You see, a lack of peace can often be because of a lack of trust. We're not trusting in the Lord. Like a trusting child who places complete trust in a loving mother. Proverbs 16 verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. And that's why Jesus made that distinction between his peace and the peace that the world gives. Because the world's way of obtaining peace is much different from God's way. The world have got a totally different outlook. This is what you need to do if you want peace. This is what you need to do. Well, you need to be at peace with yourself. Why don't you try a little bit of meditation? Or why don't you try doing yoga? Or why don't you try relaxation exercises? Maybe that will bring you some peace. Maybe. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. My peace I offer to you. And I'm asking you to receive my peace. There are those who try and find peace through, through drugs. There are those who try alcohol. There are those who feel that listening to music may even bring them some peace. But all these things, they may bring some temporary peace. But people need a peace that endures and continues. You see, much of the world is in turmoil. There's wars going on. We were talking about this on, on Thursday when, when, G Jesus said, uh, when, when Jesus said about the, uh, uh, as we get towards his coming, there, there would be wars and there would be rumours of wars. And of course, we, we, we see that today, you know, the war that's going on in the Middle East right now, the war that's going on in the Ukraine. And at this moment in time, there's some 14 wars going on throughout the, uh, throughout the world. And that's the world that we live in, the terrorist threat, the storms that we see, the famines, demonstrations, some with banners calling for peace. And I mentioned that word, shalom. Which actually the Hebrew word and the, the connotations of the word are welfare, rest and wholeness. And that's the kind of peace that 
the Lord is offering to each one of us. So as we live close to Jesus, we will experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And it's a peace that the world cannot give. And it's a peace that the world cannot take away. And it's a peace that the world have no understanding of at all. You see, Jesus is the author of peace. And he's the only one who can give this lasting peace. You remember after his resurrection, the Bible says that the, the disciples, they were gathered together behind closed doors because they were afraid. And Jesus comes and he stands in the midst and he, he says that he showed them his nail-scarred hands. And what did he say? He said, peace be to you. My peace I give to you. I want you, we're going to listen to a song now. And as we listen to this song, you may know the words. You can join in if you feel you want to. Uh, and then I shall come back for a prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Now, I obviously, I don't know everyone's circumstances, but God knows. He knows what you're going through at this time. If you've got problems, if you've got burdens, the scripture that says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Maybe you're struggling with something right now and it's too big for you. But it's not too big for God. He wants to give you his peace in that situation. He wants you to just open up your heart and open up your life so that he might minister to you so that you might know that peace in whatever situation you find yourself in maybe you're worried about something maybe you're troubled about some family situation but God can meet your need this morning the Bible says cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you that you offer us a peace that the world cannot give. You offer us a peace that the world cannot destroy. You offer us a peace that the world cannot understand. And so, Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning that whatever their circumstances whatever problems they are facing, that they will know your peace. Lord, that they will bring their burdens to you and they will leave them at your feet this morning and they will go away and enlightened and they will go away with, with a new sense of peace, that peace that only you can give. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.